This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's a swing and a drive to center by Ramos. Back and it goes Ellsbury to the wall. It is gone. Wilson Ramos with a two-run home run. And with one swing of the bat, he's given the Rays the lead. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. The 2-2 now. Check swing on the slider. Strike three. Chris Archer jumps off the mound and bounces his way to the dugout. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our latest show. Happy Father's Day. Today from the beautiful Guy Harvey Outpost of Tradewinds Island Resorts on St. Pete Beach. This week, we will have plenty of dads on the show to discuss Father's Day. Plus, Nathan Avaldi looks back at his comeback and time in New York. We'll look at 10 years of service with Sergio Romo and a first week in the big leagues with Jake Bowers. Plus, Dave Andy NBA will drop on by. We continue on this week in Rays Baseball on this Father's Day and joining us, Nathan Avaldi. Uh, Nathan, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Certainly several reasons uh, to have you on the program today. Of course, team in New York right now. Uh, but first, what does Father's Day mean to you? No, I mean, Father's Day is always special to me. Uh, you know, my dad and I have a really close relationship and, you know, I love spending all the time I can with him and, you know, just being around him. What are your memories as a kid growing up? Was it your dad who kind of got you onto sports or got you, or how, how do you remember your dad best? No, I mean, as soon as I could walk, like all I remember is fishing and being outside and being active, playing sports. Uh, you know, when I was younger growing up, you know, I played t-ball and I played uh, in the YMCA basketball and you know, I never really got into football, but I mean, we were always outside being active. And your kids now, how are you, like, what do you love most about being a dad? No, I mean, it's incredible to watch them grow, and, you know, they pick up on everything so fast and learn so well. Uh, you know, it's just been fun getting to watch him grow and, you know, develop. I feel like with, you know, being in the baseball world, it's like, you know, we'll go a week or two without seeing them, and then you come home, and it's like you really notice how much they've changed in just a week or two, and, you know, I think that's real special to me. Do you see yourself and your dad in things you say or do, or especially, you know, with with your your child? No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always trying to take him outside, and he loves being outside and playing and running around, and, I mean, just being a kid in general. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, I definitely try and pass down some of the things I've done with my dad onto my son. Part of the reason we also wanted to bring you on, because the team is in New York, and you have been back to New York since since being with the Yankees, but this weekend was the first time you pitched there. Tell me this, you know, having done so earlier in the weekend, did this start have any more meaning than any of the others since your comeback? And if so, why, or if not, why not? No, yeah, I think it did. Uh, just being back in New York, uh, you know, I felt like I had a really good time in New York, and I, you know, those guys over there, um, you know, we had made it to the playoffs, which we hadn't done. I think it was in a couple years, which is rare for the Yankees, but um, it was it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the the guys over there and the fans especially. You've played on several teams, but they always say if you can play in New York, you can play anywhere. What is the hardest part about playing for a team in New York? 
I don't know. That's a tough one. I think just going out there and just performing on a daily basis, just going out there and uh, trying to win every ball game because that's kind of what it, what's expected of you out there. You know, having grown up in New Jersey, obviously I'm used to the you know New York background, the, the media. What is the because you handle yourself very well with the media? What was the greatest challenge for you about you know the 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 numbers? I, I, you know, in terms of the media, the the attention, all of that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like there was really much of an issue. Um, you know, I feel like the media does a great job of being really professional and just you know asking you the general questions and as long as you're being honest with them you don't really have any issues or anything to hide were there some anyone there that you enjoyed actually conversing with or and and if not among the players who were you close with that may still be there right now um i was close with a lot of the pitchers you know in general um you know chase and shreve adam warren cc sabathia and then uh i mean there was a lot of guys you know just in general i mean they're still over there on the team the aaron judge i mean i played with stan and everything so um I don't know. I, I really enjoyed just all of it in general. You know, I, we're having a chat with Nathan Avaldi on this week in Rays baseball, and you know, mentioned you played in New York, and and you know, your professional professionalism, I think, is kind of shown in the way you've carried yourself um, here. H- how can what maybe you learned playing in New York and the pressures of New York help some of the young guys just acclimate themselves here to Major League Baseball? Because there's certainly a lot of guys who are learning, still learning and growing, especially from the pitching staff standpoint. Um. I mean, I got to give a you know a lot of the credit goes to the veterans over there. They do such a great job of uh, you know showing you the ropes, and I mean you, you can learn something new every day. Um, so just wat- watching them go about their business and the way they handled their themselves, um, you know, I'm trying to be able to teach that to some of our younger guys over here as well. Because I, you know, one thing that that stood out your first start, um, you know, you got a, obviously a lot of attention in a good way because of how well you pitched and all you had been through to get to that point. But then also Dallas Braden decided to say, you know, make accusations, which um, you were waiting at your locker to handle them. And a lot of guys wouldn't necessarily do that. Where'd you learn that from? I don't know. I mean, I I really didn't have anything to hide. So, I mean, I don't know. I felt like just try to, you know, squash that bug right away and not have to deal with it anymore. Um, You know, I don't, I don't pitch with any pine tar and I, just use the rosin out there on the mound I really don't you know that's all I use and uh you know and for me it's I want my split to come out nice and easy and I mean that's my go-to pitch so I don't want to do anything to you know mess with that pitch but the the part of it is that you were waiting for the media versus them coming to find you and and to me that's kind of a pro move um and and kind of maybe where you learned that and how important it is to impress upon young guys hey whether it's good day bad day um okay day you know have a relationship with with the people who are covering the team no yeah i mean you just got to be uh you got to be respectful i mean if you did something wrong and you got to own up to it and you know accept the consequences and i don't know i just know it was an early day and i know that the media likes to get in the clubhouse early and you know i didn't want them to be waiting around for me in my locker as you've gone through this whole process and come back what have you learned most about yourself i don't know um I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a grind going through the rehab process, especially as long as you know my rehab process was. I don't know really. I mean, how much I've learned from about myself, but just being out there and just watching my team develop, and you know, a lot of our younger guys like Blake Snell, you know, the way he was throwing the ball last year compared to this year, and the way he's turned the page. Um, you know, it's big strides for him. Did you have more or less patience than you thought you would through all this? No, I think I. Uh, 
you know, I think I had more patience. It, it makes it a lot easier when I get to, you know, I was able to do the re- rehab here at the TROP as opposed to down in uh, Port Charlotte, and I, you know, I was able to rehab with the team when they were home. So I got to see the guys, you know, they helped me out through it a lot, and then especially my family, they were there with me the, through the entire process. And, you know, when you got a young one, it's always nice to be, able, be around him a lot more and my wife on top of that just... Um, you know everything that she does for us and the family when i'm gone it's it means a lot you came back obviously it was your second tommy john surgery and you've got a guy in that clubhouse who's had three and a half in johnny venters different in that he's relieving and you're starting but have you guys created some kind of common bond and what is the relationship between you and he like i mean i feel like anybody who has a time just one tommy john surgery you know it's like it's almost like a little community and a little family within itself. Um, but, I mean, when you have to go through three like Johnny has, and, I mean, you talk to him, and the way he goes about his business and how positive he is, I mean, it's it's incredible to the things he's done. And, I mean, I feel like he's getting better and better back to his old form. I mean, he had 96 the other night and was, you know, he's been doing great for us out there on the mound. So, Yeah, and, and hopefully continues to evolve. I think it's probably... Uh, no knock on your story, maybe the best story in baseball this year in terms of what he's done. I agree, a hundred percent. You are, um, you also have, you know, a, a pretty good relationship and some pretty good veteran guys and Sergio Romo. Um, I know you guys, your wife made a cake. What for Denard Span? Did she make a similar one for Sergio too? Or I, I was amazed at how good that thing looked. She uh, unfortunately didn't make the one for Sergio. She was out of town and she was a little disappointed that she wasn't here to make it because she thought. His tenure was towards the end of the month, and so she was back home in Texas. So she, uh, she wasn't able to make that one, but she was, uh, you know, more than happy to make Denard's cake for him. And uh, you know, it's a special moment for both of those guys. You know, it's it's incredibly hard to be in the game for as long as they have, and the way that they both go about their business, and the way that they've been able to, um, you know, influence the teams they've been on and the younger staff. It's it's a uh, you know, it's an incredible accomplishment. Where'd she learn the the, uh, the skills there? Because that's not easy to do to decorate that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, I mean, we're going back like freshman year in high school. She just, I had gotten her a cookbook for Christmas, just a little present, and then it, she took off from there. And, you know, it's just when she puts her mind to something, she can, she can get it done for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, just year after year, she's just constantly gotten better and better, and she just loves being in the kitchen and uh, cooking. Do you cook at home or no? <laughs> if I cook, it's breakfast. Breakfast or barbecue to give her a break. All right. And your barbecue of choice, or do you have something that you like to do or whatever it is? It's Texas-style barbecue on? No, I mean, not too much. Just either grilled chicken or bar- or uh, steaks. Hey, hey you, you, as long as you can do something, right? Barbecue, right? <laughs> Can't go wrong there. Um, you know, you had mentioned rehabbing in here versus Port Charlotte, and you've got some young guys in Brent Honeywell and Anthony Bonda who are down there now. Do you keep in touch with them? Um, and, and if not, what kind of message do you hope that they take out of this? Because it's got to be a, a challenging process, especially doing it at the minor league level. No, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was able to keep in touch with Honeywell a little bit. I haven't reached out to Bonda yet, but, uh, you know, I still plan on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a different process down there. And you know, it's uh, you just got to stay encouraged. I mean, that's my main thing is try not to feel sorry for yourself and just accept the accept it for what it is and, um, you know, attack every day, uh, planning to make it back before what they tell you to. You know, if you don't take any days for granted, you won't be wasting any time during the rehab process. Who were the best people during that whole process for you? I mean, I, I have so many people 
that I could mention going, you know, back to the Yankees when I just, when I first got the, you know, getting the surgery over there and then dealing with their medical staff and, um, you know, AJ, one of the physical therapists down in Times Square when the team's on the road and then the whole off season process. I mean, I bounced around with a whole bunch of physical therapists, you know, uh, Matt Holland down in Houston, uh, took really good care of me. And then, you know, there's just the different steps of the process of, you know, you got to get your range of motion and everything back, your strength. And then it's like, by the time I came over here with the Rays last year, that was like right when I started throwing. So it's like I had, it's like I almost had my own little personal great group of therapists for like my first three months and then the next two months and then the rest with the Rays of, you know, the whole rehab process with Ron and, uh, you know, Hart, Vinny, Joe Binge. And then, you know, I had a, that was like for all the throwing and staying back all last year. And, you know, the strength coaches keeping you, you know, going because it's like in between the uh, the rehab process. It's, you know, you don't want your legs to get weak or the rest of your body to get weak. So you're constantly keeping your strength, you know, with uh, Matt Krause with the Yankees and Joey Greeny and TC over here. I mean, there's just so, I mean, I'm sure I'm leaving some people out of there. But, I mean, that's just, like, off the top of my head. You know what I mean? There's just so many people that, you know, truly helped me out through this process, and I can't say enough. It certainly takes a village. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. If this season is to end well personally for you, how what happens from here on out? I don't know. I mean, I, I try not to really get too far in front, like, you know, thinking about the future too much. I try to, you know, really just focus on what I can control, and, you know, that's just getting ready the Astros series coming up next start that's it that's right is that hard I mean because you are a free agent and and look you've put so much time in um is is this become a a, a place where you'd like to stay or you want to see how the process unfolds or or have you given even much thought to that at this point because it's still early no I mean I would I would would definitely be welcomed uh you know I'd be happy to come back here with the uh the Rays I mean for what they've done for me you know taking a chance on me and bringing me back here and you know uh, you know, giving me the two years, get myself back on my feet and where I need to be, um, and I'd be more than happy to come back here. Well, let's hope that's the case. Let's hope you have a really good, healthy rest of the year and a happy Father's Day, and we certainly appreciate some time on this week in Rays Baseball. Thanks for having me. Nathan Avaldi. we'll continue right after this on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Rays Baseball. Neil Solons from the Guy Harvey Outpost of Tradewinds Island Resorts on St. Pete Beach. Before we continue, let's pause for station identification on the Rays Baseball Network. This is 620 WDAE St. Petersburg. It is gone! WBTP HD3 Clearwater and 95.3 FM. Home of the Rays. We continue on the program by looking at the week on by and also looking ahead a bit. And joining us, Dave Andy, NBA. Happy Father's Day, guys. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, Neil. So far, so good, I guess. Did you get, I know you're on the road, so Father's Day wishes, calls, texts. Listen, I, I, I got a call this morning uh, from Jessica and Harper, and, and she's saying, tell Daddy, and you know, I'm thinking, tell Daddy what? Tell Daddy Happy Father's Day. Didn't have a clue. Didn't believe her. Had to go to the calendar. That's how bad. I'm wearing pink today. I, I, so there you go. I, I had no clue, but I was, yes, everybody called, and it was wonderful. Yeah, and I got a couple of nice, uh, you know, little notes from my son and my daughter, and then... Uh, as I was uh, packing up my bag to get ready to go to Houston, I uh, found a, an envelope in there for my wife, even though she says, I know you're not my dad, but there was a nice card in there, Happy Father's Look Day card. You. So she was a little sneaky and, and got that in there. But, uh, yes, it's 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 always uh, 
kind of bittersweet to be on the road. You don't get a chance to see the kids on Father's Day, but they know what we do, and, and they know we love them, and we thank them. Mm-hmm. Amen to uh, that. How's the Hall of Famer doing? Hall of Famer's busy. <laughs> uh, Hall of Famer's running around a little ragged right now. I think he uh, had a real nice ceremony, though, yesterday in uh, in Trenton, and uh, they did a wonderful job. About 6,000 people were out there, and, uh, you know, we they, they set up a nice uh, little limo for Andy to, and I to get out there, and Andy was spectacular. They had a couple of nice video tributes from uh, a couple of old uh, general managers that uh, Andy had worked with out there, and then also with DeMarlo Hale, who had been a manager there while Andy was there, Joe Madden, Kevin Cash, and uh, it was just really, really nicely done. And uh, a nice setup out there in Trenton. And Andy was a big part of it. And was uh, obviously, I think, you know, you talk about the stops you make around the minor leagues as a broadcaster. I made mine in Kane County and obviously wouldn't be here without that. Andy says his whole life really kind of centered around Trenton. It's one of the three stops for him. But he said it obviously talks about it the most. But that's where he met his wife. And he said, without Trenton, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have my kids. And I probably wouldn't have my job. So it's obviously... A big part of his past. Well, and you got to enjoy the journey, that's for sure. And, you know, as we look at this race team, this is kind of the toughest part of the journey with this month of June. With the kids coming up, that's the excitement. The tough part is you're playing, well, I think Seattle is better than maybe we thought. you got the Yankees in Houston who are at the top of the league. Not really a big surprise there. Has, to this point, this month been tougher than you guys even anticipated? I don't think so. I, I, I mean, this is, you know, baptism by fire. You knew that, that these are some of the elite teams uh, not only in the American League, but in Major League Baseball, and that the, the the Rays were going to be tested. I think that once you make that move and you go with the kids, uh, it's going to be eye-opening for them. I think playing you know, in this stadium uh, was eye-opening for them. And the fact that, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday on the TV end of things, uh, that Kevin Cash is, is not handling these guys with kid gloves. I mean, you're coming mm-hmm. into Yankee Stadium, you're facing Luis Severino, and you've got Bowers and Adamas hitting two and three in your lineup. So they're throwing them right out there and challenging these kids. And so I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to be very, very good for them. And they're going to certainly see what the elite teams in Major League Baseball look like and what it's going to take to compete against them. Let me ask you, B.A., and Andy and I were talking about it a lot during the game. I mean, Andy talks about the place across the street having the mystique and the ghosts mm-hmm. of Yankees past and all the World Series championships. They've only had one here, and that was in 2009. But I said, I think it goes beyond the ballpark. It's just the fact that you are in the Big Apple, that there's 50,000 people here, and that you are on a grander stage. And and I think, you know, we, we, we've seen Jake maybe, again, he got the triple yesterday, he had a big hit the other day, but it looks to me like he has been squeezing the bat a little bit. Willie, I think, looks relaxed, but... You know, again, has had moments, and then like Johnny Field trying to do too much. Ryan Yarbrough yesterday really that looked, was the one. really really tap danced yep. Yep. on the mound, and 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 if, you know, one, it's one thing to, to again to experience it, but there's still something about being on this stage, even though it may not have the mystique that the place across the street had. Yeah, you know, forget the building. It, it's what you said. It's New York City. It's the Big Apple. It's pinstripes. That's it. It's the pinstripes. You see the NY, the pinstripes Monument Park. I don't care if you're playing, uh, you know, out in a city park. There is a certain mystique of, uh, about this organization, and uh, with so many young guys, you know, the, the last couple of ball games, I think the Rays had five rookies mm-hmm. in the lineup. Yep. And, you know, not to mention the, the number of that have come in and pitched. So, um, like I said, it, it's a baptism by fire. These guys will, will learn from it. They will grow stronger from it, and you might as well just go ahead and, and, and throw them off into the deep end right away, so that they understand what it's going to take. Did you uh, to did win. you have a moment like that as a player? Did you when you came in here? Do you remember any of that, or was there a, was there a building that you kind of went into and went, wow? 
Wow. Anything like that? Well, yeah. I mean, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park. Uh, th- mm-hmm. Those are the two big ones. And, you know, I remember getting an opportunity to pitch here. It was my, my rookie year on my birthday. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, took a shutout into the ninth inning. <laughs> it, was, it was funny because I came out of the ball game, and then whoever came in after me gave up a run or two of mine. So I ended up going eight and a third or eight and two-thirds and gave up a run or two. And wow. I was on the bench so mad. And uh, I'll never forget Al Leiter's brother, Mark Leiter, was on that staff with the Angels. And he said, just basically told me in not so uh, kind words to just calm the bleep down. <laughs> You're going to hope and wish and pray for outings like this uh, in your mm-hmm. future. So just enjoy it and, and, and quit lamenting the fact that, that you didn't get the shutout. But, yeah, certainly coming into those uh, these these buildings like this and, and, you know, Fenway Park with all the history behind the ball club, it's uh, – um, it, it can be something that you know you're in awe of, but you've got to snap yourself out of it quick yep, and understand you've got to go. You've got to go compete. You know, it's almost like you want to do the the Hoosiers. You know, take the you know, tape measure, sixty feet six inches, ninety feet down the line. It's all I'd the like same. To take, I'd like to take the tape measure and see if that's really three fourteen, and see what that is out there in right center. <laughs> well, I, I, listen, I, I do know this. I know that that Gary Sanchez's home run that went out straightaway center field yesterday, according to Statcast, was hit four hundred feet. Over the 408-foot side. Oh, really? So there you go. <laughs> nice stuff. Hey, I'm kind of curious on this end, too. I don't know if you saw Mark Topkin's story uh, in the Times today, but he had some quotes from Matt Duffy about maybe, you know, you, you, you touched on it, the way the guys handled themselves here in New York, that, you know, maybe maybe intimidation isn't the right word, but maybe they are feeling a little bit of that, the way they kind of handled things, or once they fell behind, things got a little flat in the dugout. Did you guys see that? You're there. I can't say I totally disagree with what was said. I mean, uh, first of all, when you play the Yankees, it's about a five-inning game. I mean, that, you know, with their bullpen the way it's set up, um, if you're trailing after four or five innings, it's going to be really, really tough for you to come back. And unless you can figure out a way to get the Yankees to score negative two when you're facing Luis Severino, it's going to be tough to beat him on days the way he was pitching yesterday as well. I think the Rays had some chances early on, as we'll talk about with Kevin Cash a little bit later on in the pregame show, but didn't cash in and, uh, you know, when you get chances and you got to grind those at bats out a little bit more, uh, you know you just have to work a little harder. Not, I wouldn't say try harder, but you have to really kind of work a little harder and really stay focused. And I think there's just an an off factor right now. And as Kevin and I talked about in the pregame, it, you really need a win. I think these guys really need to have a, a win under their belts to get that out of the way. We felt that way going back to 2008 when we went in the Fenway Park and couldn't get a win until September. I don't want to have to wait till September of this year or next year to get a win in this park. It has to start today. Yeah, and, and you know what? They're going to have a great great opportunity this afternoon against CC Sabathia. You know, he's won his last two starts, but certainly, you know, a starting pitcher that this Rays lineup can handle, especially if they want to use the other other side of the field and hit the ball the other way with all the right-handed hitters. And how big would that be for them to get that win? Uh, getting on a plane and heading to Houston, mm-hmm. which is another tough venue and another, another very good team. But, you know, Neil, to go back to the question that you asked, the only thing, you know, first of all, you've got to really, I mean, kind of step aside and, and let Matt Duffy say what he's going to say. He's a lot closer to the action than, than we are. Mm-hmm. And if he feels that way, then there's probably some, some very good merit to it. I'll tell you the one thing, and, and, you know, Dave, you touched on it a little earlier, was Ryan Yarbrough. Ryan Yarbrough, for me, has been a guy all season long, good or bad, and most of it has been very good. He has gone out there, pounded the strike zone, worked at a quick pace, and just gotten right after guys. And yesterday we saw some nibbling uh, around that strike zone, falling into some bad counts, and then, you know, just not really wanting to give in out over the plate. So you, you, that, that nibbling... Uh, 
leads to more nibbling and, you know, a lot of pitches out of the strike zone, which is something you don't see too much from him. And on top of that, his pace was very slow and methodical and deliberate, and I have never seen that from him. Uh, So I think that there was a lot going on upstairs yesterday. And like I said, you know, at the end of the day, he will learn from that, grow from that, and uh, and use that to get uh, better and smarter. Speaking of learning and growing, you know, Ryan Stanek is kind of lost in a game like this, but he did throw a scoreless ball again. That's six in a row where he hasn't allowed a run. And I think the last time he allowed a run while he was on the mound, it was the homer to Mike Trout. Are you guys both seeing that he's starting to grow? I mean, this is a season where we're kind of watching and learning about young players trying to become true big leaguers and guys who can really impact the team later on. I do. And and I think the the thing for Ryan Stanek, we've always known – uh, the big velocity. You know, he's going to throw 97, 98, 99 miles an hour. That was a given. Uh, can he command it? That was the one question. I think he's answered that, and he's done a much better job with his fastball command. However, I think the difference for him is the secondary pitches have started to come around. You've seen the slider at times be very, very good, and even that split, there's a little bit more consistency to it, and I think that those two pitches, as they continue to improve, that gives you confidence. You realize, hey, I'm not just a one-trick pony. Even though my velocity's great, I've got other weapons that I can lean on. That, you know, that kind of mindset leads to confidence. Getting results leads to more confidence, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, and talk, I talked to Kevin about that very thing, and then again, not to give away too many of the trade secrets of the pregame show because we want people to listen, but uh, he said, taking a, a, a phrase from me, that it was not to get nitpicky about what Ryan Stanek did, though. As he said, he wants to see Ryan Stanek get out in front and, you know, again, work ahead more often than working from behind. A lot of uh, 2-1, 3-1 counts yesterday, even in that short time, as Nick Swisher just did one into the second deck. Uh, if Kevin Cash saw that, I think he might want to sign him to the Rays right now. But uh, that's the, the roar you're hearing here in the ballpark. But that, that would be my only nitpicky part about what uh, has gone on with Stanek here over the last uh, few starts. Yes, he's putting zeros up. But we'd love to see him be more efficient, work ahead, and stay ahead. What's your early impressions um, of the three kids that have come up now? You've gotten to see Castillo, Bowers, and Damas for the first week and a half. And really, what do you want to see from them over the next uh, three, four months? Well, I, I mean, I think we've been impressed and, and, and realized that, that this is a big part of the future. Um, and, you know, Diego Castillo, watching him come up with the kind of velocity that he's able to create and the arm side run that he gets. You think about the fact that he doesn't have to, uh, you know, start a ball on the plate to keep it on the plate. He can start it off, run it, you know, run it back on, start it you know, on the inside corner, run it off. He's got a lot of different ways to be deceptive, so he's been fun to watch. Uh, Willie Adamas, you know, smooth, athletic. He's, to me, had some very good at-bats where he has fallen behind early, 0-2-1-2, and worked him to a full count, maybe taken a walk. Uh, you know, he has worked some very good at-bats, and I love – Jake Bowers and his approach at the plate. You know, he hit the ball hard his first couple of ball games, but was 0 for 8. And then after that, got his first hit out of the way, first home run, went on a nice little run. And he's another guy that has put together some very nice extended at-bats for such a young hitter. So uh, it's been a whole lot of fun to watch him, and it'll be it'll be really fun the, the rest of the season. Obviously, you want to see both of them, uh, you know, again, put together some competitive at-bats and become, uh, you know, good Major League Baseball offensive guys but i think the biggest thing for me uh you know again we're not going to match the yankees and the red sox with firepower yeah they have to be a presence at the plate and have to be good at it but both of those guys i want to continue to see them be 
very, very good defenders. I know it's a work in progress a bit for Willie, uh, but uh, we've seen some uh, great plays from him already at shortstop. And then Jake Bowers has been a godsend for this team over there at first base. He's made more plays in the less than a week he's been at the big leagues than we saw from the previous two first basemen for most of the season. So um, with that being said, and then Diego Castillo, I wouldn't mind seeing him kind of uh, start to inch his way toward the very back end of the bullpen and see if he's a guy that can get the 25th, 26th, and 27th outs. I would agree with all those points. we got about a minute. Um, Blake Snell, uh, I, I thought probably one of his toughest outings of the year the last time out. I mean, I know he's had a great season, but I think the Rays are now looking to him because of Archer's injury, et cetera, about being the set-the-tone guy. How, how important is it for him to bounce back? Uh, you know what? It, it's important because you don't want to have, uh, you know, two two starts in a row where you don't feel good about the end result. And I don't worry about Blake Snell at all. I, I think that he really is a, is a guy that has a lot of confidence. Now, certainly he's going to be challenged uh, in Houston. There's no question about that. But he has the stuff and I think the confidence to be able to bounce back and understand, look, I've got four above average to elite pitches. If I go out and make my pitches and compete, there's not a lot of people that are going to be able to hang with me. That has to be his mindset, and I believe right now it is. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think he took a little bit of a – I think it was a little bump in the road here in the Bronx uh, the other day. I don't think he was pitching with the confidence that we saw – earlier in the year, and I think he was giving the Yankee hitters too much credit. His stuff plays. His stuff will play against anybody in Major League Baseball right now, and uh, I think that right now, getting back to that mound presence, he was raving about Max Scherzer, what he saw Max Scherzer do against us in Washington, D.C., and I said, lad, you're not that far behind. You're really not, and he's not buying into it right now. As soon as he starts to buy into it, he can become that next-level pitcher, but he He's got the stuff to get guys out, and I think as soon as he starts to realize he doesn't have to make perfect pitches, which I think he thought he had to do against the Yankees this last time out, he'll be much better for it. But, yeah, he's been great. I mean, he he's the least of my worries right yep. now. There's no doubt about that. Agreed. Guys, happy Father's Day. Enjoy the game Same today, to and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Thank Neil. Same to you, bud. You got it. That's Dave and B.A., and coming up, we'll hear from a longtime Rays employee, visit with some players hitting some important milestones after this on the Rays Baseball Network. Continue on this week in race baseball. Time for our latest feature on 20-year employees in this 20th anniversary season. Hi, Bill Evers. Uh, as of right now, I am the minor league field coordinator. Started with the Tampa Bay Rays, formerly the Devil Rays, on October of 1995. You know, I was looking for a job at that particular time and knew that the Tampa Bay Devil Rays were uh, starting up a new organization was called and uh, was looking for a job, and they offered me the job. What's been the best part in your 20-plus years about working for this organization? Uh, the greatest part is sending guys to the big leagues, uh, from uh, Carl Crawford, you know, those type guys, Rocco Baldelli. When you're the manager of a minor league team, that's what's the greatest thing, when you can tell a guy he's going to the big leagues for the first time. And I play games with it every now and then in that uh, – you know, I, I bring him in the office and say, got good news and bad news. And one of the stories was, uh, the bad news was, you're not going to be able to play for me anymore in AAA. Their mouths would drop and they would go, uh-oh. And I said, and the good news is you're going to the big leagues. So that was that's a big part. I play games with it every now and then. Tell me what you think is your greatest personal accomplishment in 20-plus years with the race. <laughs> well, the greatest part is... Uh, 
making my wife happy that I have a paycheck for 20 some odd years now. So, and 43 years going on 43 years now, but the greatest accomplishment I think is, uh, getting guys to the big leagues, uh, making, making yourself, uh, feel like you've had some kind of impact on their, uh, longevity in the big leagues and making impact players to the big leagues. Tell me your best memory of what's occurred on the field for the Devil Rays slash Rays, and where were you when it happened? Well, the best thing is always winning championships. So I've, I've had good clubs. Uh, you know, in Durham we won back-to-back uh, championships. Uh, I think the most memorable part was when we lost our three and four hitter and number one and two starters. They took them up in September and we still won the championship. That was the most uh, gratifying point of managing because it was a bunch of guys coming together and and realizing that, you know, the best guys who had the seasons earned their job to the big leagues, but they still wanted to perform and, and win a championship. Selfishly, I got to manage when I was the bench coach a couple times in that when Joe Madden left to go go to California to be with uh, his his wife to to get her law degree, so I got to manage the club, and it was two walk off home runs and against the Marlins, and so I can actually say my big league career I'm two and zero as a manager, but they don't show up in the record books, which is okay. All in all, that was that's the most memorable, but the me- main me- memory I have is. Uh, and when we went in the big leagues to uh, the World Series, that was uh, exhilarating, exciting, and uh, hopefully we can get there again. That is isn't that far away, or at least a run at one. Bill Evers has forty plus years in the game. Jake Bowers just over a week at the big league level. I asked Jake to reflect during the homestand on his first week in the show. Definitely starting to slow down a little bit, but um, you know it's been I think everything that. You know, I thought it would be, and I could imagine it to be. Um, you know, when I uh, when I first got called up, obviously things kind of just kept happening one after the other, one after the other, and I uh, never really got a chance to catch my breath. Which I mean, it's probably a good thing looking back, just to be able to just go play. You know, that was almost like the escape was going and playing, and so that was my time to almost catch my breath, as opposed to you know everything going on off the field, getting set up out here and all that. But uh, now that it's slowing down a little bit, I kind of get to take the playing part of it all in a little bit more and uh you know it's been great it's been uh it's been a lot of fun everyone's been really welcoming around here and uh you know couldn't really ask for more what are the moments that are going to stick out to you they are going to stay in your mind definitely uh running out on the field on that first day uh thursday i think it was um you know getting my first hit off felix first pitch i saw that was a that was a big one for me just seeing uh because it was, it was kind of hard fought, you know, getting that first hit, uh, seeing it hit the turf, and then definitely hitting the home run, um, I think is probably above all else going to stick in my mind the most just because, you know, my mom left this morning. So for her to still be here on, on her last night to, to see it and uh, get her a home run to, uh, to take home, it was special. So she's got the ball? Yeah, she's got, she's got the home run ball, the first hit ball, uh, the first pitch from my first game and the jersey, the throwback jerseys we wore when I got my first hit. Um, so I know she's going to take that home and, and get it all framed up and, and ready to hang somewhere. So is your dad sticking around or is he gone too now? He's sticking around and uh, he's going to come to New York for uh, for Father's Day weekend, hang out, and then uh, head home. And, and I'm, sh- I'm sure he's going to be back here pretty soon. Was this almost an early Father's Day gift for him? And, and what kind of influence was he on you growing up? 
Yeah, funny thing, he uh, he actually texted me a couple a couple of days before I got called up, and he's like, you know what would be great for Father's Day is a call-up. And, you know, I was joking around. I'm like, yeah, 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 Dad, whatever, man. Like, you know, I can't control any of that. Um, you know, what, what else can I do for you? And then uh, for it to actually happen, um, yeah, I'm sure it means the world to him. I'm sure it means almost as much to him as it does to me. And, uh, you know, growing up, he was as big of an influence on me as, as anyone. Um, you know, he, he never missed a game. I remember, I remember specifically one game. It was a... It was like a freshman game, my freshman year of high school, on a on a backfield where no one was going to. It was like a preseason game, and he was in, he was somewhere. I want to say, you know, maybe Denver, something for business, and he wasn't gonna make it. And uh, his flight was the next day. And sure enough, you know, he hopped on a plane and uh, made it to the game. And I just remember standing at first base. Um, and seeing him walk up unexpected, and I mean, it's just thing. And, and that was that was not uh, it was not you know something special. Like that was that was just who he was. You know, he 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 would do that for any game, whether it was a freshman game or an eighth grade travel ball game. It just didn't matter. That's that's how important it was to him. And so to almost repay him for all that, and uh, you know, all the hard work that he put in to to have him in the stands and watch the the fruit of all of that is it's special and I mean it makes me feel almost as good as, as being out there was he ever your coach yeah he coached me all the way up through little league and all that and uh you know threw me threw me batting practice at all hours of the night whenever you know and and he's he's had his fair share of bumps and bruises and injuries and all that and so for him to throw BP it was it put him in a lot of pain you know it, it you know he, he would throw his back out throwing BP to me and the next day it, he would barely be able to walk and so that's something that I'll never forget and I, I'll never be able to repay him for that but you know it, it means it means the world is he still is he working still or is he retired or he's retired so uh, he pretty much has free reign of you know whenever whenever he wants to come out and uh, you know catch a few games he, he's able to do that and so I think the timing of all of this is is really good and um, you know he's kind of settled up at home a little bit able to uh, able to come out whenever he wants so that's huge beyond the baseball the family part of it the baseball family having willie here during that first week at least the latter part how important was that for you oh it's big i mean it's a comfortability thing you know um anytime you can get on the field with guys that you know and have known for a long time it's makes it that much easier it makes it you know a little bit a little bit more you're a little bit more able to be yourself out there and uh, be comfortable being yourself, knowing that, you know, there's a guy here that, that you know. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's huge. And also just what he brings to, to, the, to the team and, and to me especially, you know, it's almost like raises your energy level up a notch. So, yeah, it's, it's big. And that is Jake Bowers. Congrats to him on an impressive first week in change in the majors and hopefully many more success stories going forward. Now, Bowers is at the beginning of his playing career. Sergio Romo is certainly nearing his end, and this week reached a milestone in accumulating 10-plus years of service time. The enormity of the feat wasn't lost on Romo. To me personally, it's it's one of the biggest accomplishments of my life, of course. To everybody, everybody has their story. Everybody has their road you know, to walk to get where they're at. And Mine happened to be, for me, interesting at least to, to say the least and difficult at times fun easy at times but 
you know, thankful that I didn't have to walk very many, very much of my road alone, in a sense, you know. So uh, being able to be a part of that, you know, the baseball fraternity, let alone to be a part of those that made it to 10, that's, I don't know, that's, that's something that, I mean, I'd like to be able to say I knew I would accomplish, but I definitely didn't know it was, you know, I knew it was possible. I just didn't know it was attainable. So uh, I tried, you know, and I bet on myself. So uh, for me, it's, it's, it's the, official, uh, the official thing that says that I, I beat the odds, you know, and I'm, I'm very thankful that, you know, to be able to say that. <laughs> Have you thought about it much during the course of the year? Uh, it's been really hard to not think about it. You know, uh, I've thought about it a lot. For me, like I said, it, it, I didn't really know I could achieve it. You know, I didn't know I could make it this far. And, you know, uh, just betting on myself enough and having enough faith in myself and trusting the people around me, the guidance I had, the help I had, uh, the trusting the belief that others have shown in me, it's, it's, it's been well worth it, that's for sure. Um, has it taken away at all? No. I think it's just allowed me to enjoy this season even more, you know, no matter the results, no matter the outcome. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's almost in heightened my appreciation for, you know, the road taken, let alone the accomplishment in itself, let alone the blessing that it really is to be able to call myself a Major League Baseball player, let alone for so long. Uh, I mean, it, it really, really, it really, really was everything I've been shooting for. Is that part of the reason you bought all those nice gifts for the clubhouse or for some of the guys in the clubhouse? It's part of my thank you, yes. I've had some very, really, really good veterans ahead of me uh, that had done some really nice gestures like that before, you know. And it's easy for me to remember those because those are those are moments that, you know, people did something for me. And, and you know, I can't forget those who have helped me and, and helped pick up my spirits or helped me, just made me feel visible. You know, Matt Cain, Jeremy Affelt, uh Hunter Pence, Tim Linscombe, Buster Posey. I mean, these guys, they... I mean, we can go to older guys that did things for me, too. Uh, Edgar Renneria, Benji Molina, Randy Johnson. Uh, what did he do? Uh, there's a few conversations that him and I had and, uh, you know, a couple dinners and uh, stuff like that. There's just Tim Hudson, you know. Uh, there's there's a lot of guys that have influenced my career, and I'm very thankful to Javi Lopez is definitely the main one that has done a lot for my career biggest influence so, so there's just it's easy for me to push on you know keep going what they showed me is the right way or or a respectable way or what a good you know what a person who actually cares about this what, what they do you know and, and a lot of these guys I, I told them that they have no idea last year the guys that were here how they helped me put a lot of the pieces in my life back together uh, on and off the field the guys this year, on top of the guy, the returning guys from last year, they've given me my sanctuary back. They gave me my home. You know, they gave me a place that I can come to every day and feel extremely good about myself, regardless of anything. And I can just be myself. And I know it's, I'm not necessarily the easiest person to accept. You know, and they've done that so easily and so willingly and. It seems so sincere too, and I, I I can't I can't put a price tag on any of that. Do I know how much I spent to do all that? No, I didn't even ask. I didn't even look. All I did was say yes, and everything I got, yeah, it was 
things that I liked and things that made me happy and there wasn't a person who didn't walk away happy the other day and it's very fulfilling you know it's very gratifying especially because they all know when they understand why and oh it just felt good felt right well congrats on making this part of your home for the last 10 years at the major league level and hopefully as long as you hope to do so no and uh, i really want to say you know thank you to everybody all the fans um even my family and friends that my teammates coaches staff giants the dodgers and especially rays you guys gave me an opportunity to live my dreams out and you guys have supported me and pushed me and made me feel like i've actually accomplished something and you know i haven't had too many people in my life pat me on the back those people that I have throughout my life, they know that. And I, I show them, you know, on a regular basis my appreciation for that. And so this this message now for everybody, fans, everybody who had faith in me, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It really, really has been a dream come true. And that is Sergio Romo, certainly appreciative of what he's done in his career to this point. Sergio is a successful dad and speaks in glowing terms of his father, and his influence. And on this Father's Day, of course, I asked several raised players what this day meant to them, starting with Johnny Venters, the dad of John. Did a great, great job raising my, my sister and, my, and me and was always there for us and, and worked hard and, and put his family first. And I'm very thankful um, to have him as my father. Yeah, he coached me all the way up, man. He, he didn't miss anything. And, and, you know, when he wasn't at work, uh, he was with, you know, he was either coaching me or my sister and something. And, and uh he had a big, a big part of, of, uh, of me and in, in, in playing baseball for sure. Ryan Stanick says Father's Day reminds him of some great memories with his dad, Mark. Honestly, I think it's spending, spending time with, with my dad and my family. Um, going to Omaha for uh, like the College World Series tournaments uh, when we were, when we were younger, doing travel ball and everything. Um, we always went to the same little restaurant for Father's Day every year. Um, and went to went to a game like whatever college team was playing or whatever team we really wanted to go see at the time. So I think uh, spending time with him around baseball and playing and him coaching me and everything uh, is probably the things that stand out the most. Austin Pruitt says what makes his dad Gary so special is how he's truly gone the extra mile. My dad has absolutely meant everything to me. Um, you know, baseball or not, he's been there to kind of help me and support me every step of the way, you know, through through life. He's taught me everything I know today. Tell me a story that kind of personifies who he is and what he's meant to you. Um, I guess kind of it being a baseball story, um, I guess my first pro ball, you know, he, he's, he, he likes to drive. And, you know, he's driven a lot of places, but... Uh, the fir- my first pro ball start, he he drove all the way up to New York to come watch me throw, which is which was pretty cool. It meant a lot. And he still makes those types of trips to this day. C.J. Crone's dad, Chris, is a former player and now a roving instructor through the minors. Obviously, he's the main reason I'm here today. And uh, I guess kind of growing up around him and baseball always being in my blood, um, it's something you can't really trade. So, uh, nothing in particular, but, um, I mean, I love him and... Um, I'm, I'm glad for, for everything he's given me. How far back does it go when you really remembered being at ballparks? How young were you when you first remember? Uh, vivid memories. I mean, I know there's memories I don't even remember. That's how young I was. But um, I I don't really remember too much, honestly. I just remember always being around and 
Um, always been treated by the guys re- really well. So um, nothing in, nothing specifically, but uh, ever since I could walk, I'm sure. Matt Andrees remembers his dad, Greg, coaching Matt and his younger brother, David, at the same time. And Johnny Field recalls his dad putting his kids ahead of a successful contracting business. Vegas was booming. He still decided that he was going to put all of his effort into us. So he, he decided at an early age that he was going to be our head coaches in everything we did. So... From soccer to wrestling to football and to Little League Baseball. He was always my head coach in every sport. Um, he was always the one when I was in middle school and high school, whatever, that he would take me to the gym late at night when all my buddies would be going out to the movies. He's always pushing me, pushing me to set goals and get extra work in. And uh, he just wanted to give me every like opportunity to succeed possible to uh, reach my dreams and go on to play the collegiate professional level someday hopefully and yeah it was and when I was like nine years old I was playing all-stars and uh baseball and I had a really good all-stars and uh I think that's when he kind of realized that baseball might be my my sport in my future um because I was playing other sports at the time and he never played baseball so you could tell right then and there he started getting me involved in club ball and started doing whatever it took to uh get me some exposure and give me the best coaching I could get to uh, try to reach my goals. Terrific to hear so many Rays players have such special dads who have helped them get to the big leagues and now can enjoy in their success. Special thanks to all of the guests we've had on today's program, starting with Nathan Avaldi sharing his stories about coming back from Tommy John and his time in New York. Thanks to Dave Wills from our radio team and also Brian Anderson from Fox Sports Sun, part of our roundtable today. Thanks to Bill Evers, minor league field coordinator for the Rays, for sharing his time 20-plus years in the Rays organization. Also thanks to Jake Bowers, uh, letting us know what this first week and change has been like in the big leagues, and Sergio Romo for sharing his enjoyment of 10-plus years in the show. Hey, visit a local participating 7-Eleven store, pick up a Rays discount coupon for $7.11 tickets to the game this Friday against the Yankees. Keep saving with $5 Budweiser and Bud Lights exclusively on the Budweiser porch. Ages 21 and over, please drink responsibly. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me on at Neil Solons. Next week on the program, hear from Matt Duffy and much more. For producer Steve Carney and our on-site engineer Steve Versnick, I'm Neil Solons. Stay tuned. The pregame show is coming up. It's the Rays and Yankees on the Rays Baseball Network.